a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What is metered broadband and is it right for your company? Hello and welcome to Story Connect, the podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johns. Today I'm joined by Anthony Ring, the marketing supervisor at Shintel, and Matt Kruger, the marketing supervisor also at Shintel. We are at the uh, NTCA PR and marketing conference here in Charleston. Thank you guys for being on. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So you guys have been doing the, your session twice here, back to back, I guess. So they were probably ready to get out of here, but they were nice enough to uh, to join us for the podcast. Uh, and thank you, uh, all the folks out there in podcast land, for downloading and listening as we record this one. So let's get started. First, a little bit about Shintel. Um, they are in uh, Virginia, Maryland, and West Virginia. If you were listening to the podcast earlier, um, Matt has been on with us before, and I told him earlier that I had heard the rules are if you are on a podcast once, you are a podcast guest, but if you are on twice, you are a friend of the podcast. So congratulations on being the first ever uh, friend of the podcast for Story Connect the Podcast. Congratulations. Andy, I'm still looking for that badge. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Well, let's get into it. I heard a lot of talk about the metered broadband session. Uh, just real quick, some basics. What what do we mean when we say metered broadband? So usage-based billing is essentially um, you're charging customers that go over an allowance. It's a way to recover uh, costs associated with transport on the back end, as well as uh, recover capital infrastructure costs related to internet. And is this something that that you're doing or looking at or already implemented? Yes, sir. So we uh, implemented um, usage-based billing actually over two years. It took us. It's a two-year process for us to uh, begin billing for usage. Um, we began billing in June of 2015, so we're actually coming up on a year anniversary of of billing for usage. But it was uh, quite the journey to get here. I'm sure, and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, quite a bit for a metered broadband. And I imagine communication is uh, is just as big as the networking side of that when, when you're getting folks ready for it. Now, you're, you're spot on. So communications is definitely the, the bigger hurdle in this case. Um, you know, we had to figure out what our messaging points were. Um, and really, we were trying to make sure that um, customers would understand the impacts, right? So when you get into usage-based billing, there's multiple parts that the customer needs to understand. What is the allowance? Um, how does their usage actually contribute to the allowance? And what makes up their usage? So this was really um, the reason it took two years is making sure customers knew all the way soup to nuts what's involved with their allowance and how their usage contributes to it. I'm guessing that kind of a reference point for a lot of folks uh, would be cell phone plans. Having, I mean, that's, that's uh, I guess, a, a form of meter broadband as well there. Is that kind of the reference y'all went on or completely separate from that? Or how do you go about explaining to somebody a change like that? Uh, yeah, spot on, though. Yeah, wireless has kind of trained everyone about what usage is. Um, and so we did use wireless as a point of reference. Um, as we were moving down the path of trying to figure it out ourselves, what are the messaging points, right? And, and marketing, you always look for what is the positioning, what is the differentiators. And, um, you know, we looked at wireless positioning, and we used that as a means to leverage. We knew customers would understand what usage-based billing would be as a result of getting overages or having so many minutes or so on and so forth as from the wireless carriers. So we did use that to our advantage. Um, 
you know, for us, the, the biggest component here is really about how does what someone does at home on their home network, how does that contribute to their usage? Getting someone to understand what a gig of usage looks like, right? Is it, how many minutes of video is that? How many emails? How many web pages can you browse? Were really the things that we had to hinge a lot of our communications on. And then we developed a, a messaging mechanism, you know, after we figured out those, those points. And we also felt like we needed to be very proactive with the customer. They had to know they were going to go over their allowance well beforehand. And so and the other part of that two-year drawout was making sure we had the communications in place. So we developed triggers that a customer would get an email at 85%, 95%, and at 100%. Um, and then email wasn't just enough. We recognized that only we had only half of our customers we had valid email addresses for. So we had to find another alternative to, to message these folks beyond email. And so we found some solutions for in-browser messaging. And so now, you know, we'll notify customers both from in-browser message as well as uh, through email. We notify them both at 85, 95, and 100%. So ultimately, you get notified six ways to Sunday before you get your first bill from Shintel for going over your allowance. So that actually pops up like a, uh, you know, in their browser, Internet Explorer, Safari, whatever it is, Chrome, uh, it'll just pop up and say, hey, you've used 85% of your, your broadband allowance this month? That's spot on, Andy. So you get an in-browser message. We can format it multiple ways. We can do a pop-up, pop-under, interstitial. Uh, we can even do um, a walled garden, as they call it, meaning customer can't browse anywhere else. But what we chose is an in-browser message. All it does is move their content down the page. They get our message at the very top, but then their content's still displayed down below. Was that a, an outside provider? Y'all did that or you do it in-house or... Uh, the creative's done in-house, but we use an outside provider as a mechanism. Um, they use a, a MAC address to associate each customer, um, and we notify at a MAC address level. Uh, the company that's helping us in this effort is called PerfTech, and so they deliver the in-browser messages. But there are also other vendors out there as well. Sure. Now, this may be obvious to, to some folks, but just kind of some of the background on meter broadband, what's in it for the, for the telco and uh, why, was it, uh, why was it right for Shintel? Well, so um, this metered broadband is something we've only rolled out so far on our cable plant, so on our DOCSIS plant. We're actually in the process now of evaluating next step for rolling it out on our DSL plant. Um, the real reality is OTT providers uh, like Netflix, Amazon Prime, um, you know, they increase the usage on the network. And as a telco provider, DOCSIS provider, we're charged for backhaul. We're charged for that long-haul transport back to the Internet. And then as the, as the DOCSIS provider, cable provider, we're also occasionally we have to do node splits. The nodes get congested. And, and um, as a result, it requires capital expenditures. And so with OTT providers enabling... HD and now enabling 4K, customers' usage is continues to grow. And even with the data allowances, in our case, our peak utilization grew 44% year over year. Right? That's even with data allowances in place. Our average utilization grew 33% year over year. So uh, even with data allowances in place, people continue to consume more and more data. And obviously, without a mechanism to, to collect revenue from that, it comes at an increased cost to us, the provider. 
even a creative-minded person who's afraid of numbers can see 33% a year. That that adds up awfully quick. So uh, we'll talk about the real world here in a minute, but maybe we can get Anthony in here a little bit. Uh, what type of feedback did you hear from your sessions here at the conference or or just talking to other telco marketers? What are some of the common questions they have or or concerns or, or just, just, you know, I'm sure that it's a topic that, that y'all get asked about. One of the things I've heard a lot is, again, how long it took to roll it out, how much time we took getting the network ready, but then preparing the customer for, for what was coming. And we need to do that in phases so people were very curious about uh, how much time did we spend telling them about tracking their data use, and then how much time after that did we spend telling them what the allowances were and how it would affect them. And they were surprised to hear how much time it took, we, how much information we gave the customer before we actually started charging them for it. So, Anthony, uh, you talked about everything. It's a lot of information to communicate. What type of, uh, I, I know when Matt and I were on a podcast earlier, he talked a lot about email newsletters, that sort of thing. I know that's something y'all use. But what types of channels, uh, media, were y'all using to communicate some of these changes to folks? So the first thing we did was we put messages on their bill that would explain the different phases of, of the plan. And we would. Uh, it was printed right on the bill so we knew that everybody would get one. And then we would, as the messages became more, Closer to the date when it was going to happen, we started using bill inserts, which were a separate slip of paper that would go in the bill that made it more tangible. When it falls out of the bill, you're going to read it. Um, we created a video, which we put on uh, on YouTube, and um, we could promote it socially. Uh, that would explain uh, in simple terms how everything was going to work and what was going to happen, and it would kind of help educate that way. We put the video on a landing page, which was kind of the collective resource for any question you might have. Uh, so people could see the video, they could see some FAQs that way. And it was also a tool that the, our employees could use to uh, direct people to when they had questions. We could send them to the landing page to have all their questions in one spot. Well, that's a good point because I'm sure employee education, that's something we hadn't really talked about, but I'm sure that was a big, uh, big part of this uh, extra training sessions. I mean, what did you do and how important was it for it to have all the employees? Because I know you all have a lot of employees to get them all on the same page for a big change like this. Well, that was actually the first thing we did. Um, you have to make sure that your employees are behind the message. They understand what goes in, what goes into UBB, and they're able to talk to the customers. So we did uh, training broadcasts. I mean, there isn't you cannot over communicate this message to your employees. They're your first line of defense. They're going to hear everything, soup to nuts from from you know. Why are you guys doing this to what impacts my usage to how do I protect myself to how do I lock down my Wi-Fi network? So there's a lot that needs to be trained and communicated to your CSRs, TSRs. But that's where we started, right? We started with talking points before we even put usage on the bill. Our phase, we, it took us two years to do this. And as Anthony said, there was multiple phases to it. Our first phase was just putting usage on the bill. Before we even talked about allowances, we let customers see for a period of eight months what their usage was. Well, once you do that, you're going to get calls. And people are going to ask, well, what's contributing to this? And why are you doing this? And, and so having the employees on board first is the absolute first thing you have to do. Two or three more things here as, as we wrap up. Um, what, did, what did you hear back uh, after it was implemented? And even in that part where you start, um, uh, you know, putting that information out there, what did you hear back from folks? Were there any um, services or items or gadgets that really used a lot more of that data than expected? Or what was some of the feedback you heard uh, from, from members and customers? Well, nobody um, wants an allowance, right? Nobody wants to have 
uh, something forced upon them. So you can imagine, we, we heard quite a bit. Actually, before we even started billing, um, we had over 150 social media comments just when we were doing the notification phase that this was coming. So, um, you know, we had to prepare ourselves for the negative side. Now, what we looked at as the upside is we only were targeting 5% of our customer base, those extreme users that are going over that cause the most damage. I mean, we had some customers that were that had a 10 meg speed that used over two terabytes in a month. That's an incredible amount of usage. That takes a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't yet, I can't even guess what they were possibly doing. Uh, to accumulate that much use, but it wasn't one. I mean, there was, there, we had over 200 that were on that extreme, uh, using well over a terabyte on lower speeds. And so we had to communicate that it's, we're only targeting those extreme users, those that are really having an impact in the network and particularly in the backhaul. So, um, you know, once we established that messaging point, and that's one of the key messages we would go back to as we're explaining to customers, 95% of our customers would never see a bill. You know, our average usage when we started out was 80 gig. Now it's 104 gig. Our lowest data allowance was 200. So there was plenty of room, you know, against the average usage. You know, someone could go almost double and still never get a bill for usage-based billing so or get a bill for, as a result of their usage. Just about two more questions. Um, how many folks do you have? Like you said, an allowance sounds scary, but really are you having very many people hit that limits? It sounds like you've placed the limits um, – you're pretty high where it's going to take some work, uh, you know, a lot of 4K uh, videos, that sort of thing to, to hit that. Well, before the recent announcements by uh, the Charter and Comcast, we had one of the most lenient data allowances of those that have begun enforcement. Um, and so right off the bat, we attempted to understand our consumer behavior before we even went out the door. You know, we knew what people were using, we studied their behavior, and we figured out where ultimately we need to target to make sure we're recovering um, those, those costs, those increased costs. So we set the threshold of 5%, um, and we have hit that threshold. We haven't, the furthest we've gone over 5%, I think one month we were at 5.04% of targeting the base. So we set out to hit 5%, and we continue to hit 5%. Now, as usage continues to climb, we're going to have to, in some point in the future, reevaluate our allowances. But, um, you know, at the current moment, we're targeting 5% and we're hitting 5% of our customer base, which means 95% never get a bill for going over their data. And that is really the big message for us here is not only 5% are impacted, 95% never see anything. And that 5%, we notify them six different ways. So they know it's coming before they ever go over their allowance. This is not about putting more money in the coffers and, and corporate greed and all that. This is really a cost recovery mechanism for us. Sure. Let's uh, let's close with this. Just one or two things from uh, maybe one thing from uh, both of you. Just uh, if there's a telco marketer out there who either is hearing from uh, network and engineering that they're going to have to do this or, you know, something out there that the folks are thinking, what's one thing maybe that we haven't discussed, or if you want to you know, reinforce something that we have, that you would tell those marketers who are, are seeing this uh, headed their way? Don't, uh, don't rush into it, right? Um, you can make some serious mistakes if you get ahead of yourself. You know, establish, use your subscriber behavior first to determine what your levels are going to be, and then don't rush through it. Make sure you give the customer plenty of chances to understand what's coming and make sure they understand what the impact is going to be to them. You can't over-communicate this. Be proactive in your customer notifications.
Great. Anthony? I would say uh, be sure you're being honest with the messaging. Don't try to gloss this over as a – don't try to sweep it under the rug and just hope they don't notice. Be very upfront about what you're doing and why you're doing it, and don't try to disguise it as a good message. Excellent points. Well, thank you guys both for being here. I really enjoyed this. This is, again, uh, Anthony Ring, Marketing Supervisor for Shintel, and Matt Kruger, Marketing Manager. I think I said that wrong, the title at the beginning there, but uh, Matt Kruger, Marketing Manager at Shintel. Thank you guys both for being here. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having us. Well, this has been Story Connect the Podcast. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher. We always appreciate good reviews on there. It helps folks uh, find our podcast more easily when they're searching. And uh, we will have several other. I believe we have about five more uh, recordings here from the NTCA conference in um, Charleston. About five more recordings coming. So until uh, we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect the Podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.